Today's guest on Fashion for All, this Mark Limmer podcast, is Patricia Birch. Patricia falls under the model category of types of guests we'll be chatting with on the podcast. I'll let her introduce herself properly. Enjoy our conversation. Hi, Patricia. Thanks Hi. for coming and chatting with me. Thanks for having me. Happy to chat. Yeah. So could you uh, introduce yourself to everybody? Hi, everybody. Um, so I'm a person in flux, so it's hard to say this is who I am right now. But what I will say is that I am, what I do uh, is try to express my creativity as in as many ways as possible that interest me. Um, and I, so one of the ways that I, I love to do that is through floral design. So that's something that I'm like pursuing. It's like a hobby, but um, I would like to pursue it more seriously as a business. So that's something I'm working on. Um, I, I am a model, um, although that's been on pause in the midst of pandemic um, times. I it, like my nine to five is working as a deputy director in a, a city agency in my office. The office I work in focuses on equal employment opportunity. So that's like uh, equity issues um, for employees in the agency. Um, also, there's some, I do some work with their client issues concerning um, disabled clients and their access to services. Um, I'm a lawyer by training, although I'm transitioning out of, of being a lawyer. So that's one thing that's in flux. Um, and yeah, I'm just here trying to make it, <laughs> um, <laughs> in a time that is definitely challenging and interesting, um, for sure. Yeah. Totally. So you already described yourself as a model, which yeah. is great. Um, and I feel like sometimes that is a little bit of a loaded term or a term that some people um, might shy away from calling themselves. So so why do you consider yourself to be a model? Um, two things come to mind at once. Okay, so one reason why I call myself a model is because I have and, and continue to be interested in pursuing um, opportunities where I use my body to represent a brand with the clothing or um, items that they make. Um, so literally, you know, thinking about what the maybe, I guess, traditional definition of a model might be in terms of like actual like function. I've, I've done it and I still want to do it. So mm -hmm. that, that way. And the other way um, that came to mind is that like, you know, thinking about representation and images and you, you so that I, you know, in the, traditional sense of being a model, what I've also done is represented a, a version of beauty that, or, or desirability, for lack of a better term, that's maybe not the traditional standard, but I have represented it and I've done so in images. And so though maybe not necessarily about a particular brand or company, but just like this idea of what's what's beautiful, what's acceptable, what's desirable. And um, even if it's not the norm, but it is still all those things. And I've, you know, communicated that message through pictures for me. So mm -hmm. in both those ways, I consider myself a model. 
And just quickly, because obviously I know what you look like, but uh-huh. to somebody who's listening to this podcast that isn't super familiar with Smart Glamour, how would you describe your appearance in relation to everything you just said? Oh, okay, so um, <laughs> yeah, good, good point. I am I am five foot three, so I am um, on the the I guess in considering what the average person's height is, at least in the United States, I am on the shorter side of that. Um, I am. Uh, size if it's to put it into like clothing sizes and smart glamour terms I'm a 4x um and so you know that clothing size number varies depending on the brand and you know their Mm -hmm. cuts and stuff but plus size definitely um I am brown skinned I have curly kinky kinky curly hair have you know like I wear my hair in, in its natural state for the most part um uh, so yeah, kinky, curly, haired, short, brown skin, fat woman <laughs> um, is what I look like. Um, and those things, you know, all those things together are not what you how you would describe what's been um, put out in as a standard of beauty, at least traditionally in America or in the, in the Western world, at least. And so, yeah, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I. But like I am out here representing for the plus size petites and the the thick the thick brown chicks and the kinky hair girls and all that. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, and you have been modeling for me for Smart Glamour since uh, spring of 2016, so February 2016, right? Yeah. And so before ever doing that before ever coming to the casting um what was your relationship with clothing and with the fashion industry in general with maybe modeling with with any of that stuff okay so work you know modeling for smart glamour was my very first modeling um gig so um so prior to that i was not a model um and even when i just to be clear when i auditioned for um the, that opportunity that I got, I was not thinking of myself as a model. I was thinking mm. of, my, you know, quote unquote model. I was thinking of myself as a person who wanted to try modeling this one time. And mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and seeing the opportunity was like, oh, like, Mark Glamour says they want every kind of body, no modeling experience necessary. I was like, okay, well, that's me. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, but prior to that, um, definitely, uh, I think I would say my re- my relationship was definitely uh, one of love and hate. Like, mm. I love, oh, I can't think of when I did not love fashion. Um, my mom is a as what I, who I someone I would call a very fashionable person and you know, always cared about, you know, not just how she looked, but just kind of like keeping up with what's trendy. So I grew up, so, you know, with that, with her as an influence. Um, and of course, there's like, you know, the media that I was exposed to and, you know, family members and friends and, um, you know, like seeing, you know, being around like a bunch of like Black women who were, you um, you know, always like kind of like dressed to the nines and you're always up on the latest. So that um, had its effect on me. But, you know, at the same time, um, I've always been 
visibly fat <laughs> and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and I wasn't necessarily surrounded by people who were visibly fat and also fashionable so for me it was there was always this tension of like is this kind of thing is you know being fashionable and trendy is that accessible to someone like me um there was a point though when I'm in high school where I was like you know what yes <laughs> I just answered the question um even though for myself even though people you know, would have probably said, actually, you know, they absolutely said to me otherwise, because, oh, mm-hmm. you know, and my mom definitely being one of them, <laughs> like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, you have your, be- your belly and this and that, like, you know, like comments basically indicating that people like me, people who, whose bodies were bigger, um, uh, should, cannot, should not, um, you know, might want to reconsider um accessing fashion particularly fashion that's like you know that would make someone stand out from the Mm -hmm. crowd right um but there was a point though in high school where I was like nah (laughs) I'm just gonna figure this out for myself and um and I did uh you know and it took time and it was like you know a lot of like trial and error and figuring out what was best for me and so I was in high school in the late 90s and you think about what fashion was like in the late 90s going into the early 2000s um like and thinking is there a way for me to sort of fit in and there was and I figured it out um and it, it just I just always checked in with myself it's, it's interesting I never really thought about this until having this conversation but from the time I was in high school like you know as much as I cared about fashion and I would also like you know pay attention to what I saw in magazines. I remember, you know, for the first time picking up Vogue when I was in high school and looking at what model, you know, what, you know, the traditional model looked like. And like, I was like, okay, like, you know, I obviously did not look like that, but I, you know, in my mind, I was like, it's possible for me to do a version of what I'm seeing, even though it's going to fit me. And so in high school was the first time where I was like, okay, like, so what is, what feels good to Patricia to put on? Mm. And not necessarily like plugging in too much about plugging into what other people were doing or saying. Um, and I think some of that, you know, the way of thinking about it is a reflection of my person, my nature. <laughs> like, you know, I kind of like, you know, want to check in with me and you know, see how I'm feeling and doing in general. And so I would do that when it came to like making choices about what I wanted to wear. Um, in high school was also the first time I. Uh, was exposed to plus size models like and not obviously there even then talking about like late 90s um, going into the early 2000s there there were plus size models um, and you'd see I'd see them in magazines and you know and things like that but like you know seeing them walk a runway was something else and so my mom had a friend um, who was a plus size woman and she was in the fashion show and she invited my mom and you know me and other people and so I went and mm. I was like oh <laughs> like so they're actually women who are fat who are actually dressing up and looking beautiful and walking down the runway I was like oh that's a thing that pe- that happens um mm-hmm. and I understood that it was not something I would turn on the tv and see or maybe I wouldn't pick up a fashion magazine at the time and see but like I it I, I realized that it existed and it made sense because of my at least decent understanding that like what happened on a runway influenced what I would see 
and you be able to buy in the stores eventually. Like reading Vogue, I think it just got, got me to understand that much about the fashion industry. And so I was like, okay, so there are clothes for bigger, for people who are plus size, for people who are fat. So it's like, okay, that means that <laughs> like there must be a version of that. It made sense that there was a version of that too happening, even if it wasn't that prominent. So yeah, being exposed. Uh, to that, um, it was just, it actually put the seed in my head about me being a model one day. Although at the same time, it was like, oh, but I'm, I'm not tall enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a matter of fact, I remember going backstage to, with my mom to see her friend and like walking past like a lady or something who was like at a front at a, at a door. I don't know who she and she was talking as if she was someone who was kind of like maybe involved in the event. And she looked at me and she was like, oh, you're so beautiful. If only you were taller. And yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> OK. Mm-hmm. So, it was you know, after that event, I wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to be a model now one day. But I definitely had it in my a little like in my head, like, oh, if I could do it you know mm-hmm. um and then because I love fashion and you know and because I obviously cared about it and paid attention to it there were definitely time plenty of times like you know like on a not say daily basis but not anything extravagant happening where I like would just dress up and just walk and pretend I was on a runway and um yeah like they like doing things like that um just because it felt good to do Right. You know, it was fun. Um, and I enjoyed it. And so and it, it just was a part of my life. Like, and at the same time, though, they're talking about that's the love, I guess. But then the hate was like, oh, you know, this these things are not really supposed to be accessible to you because you're too short. You too fat. And, or, you know, like it, it's feeling like, too, that, you know, I would not be totally acceptable until, until I lost the weight, you know, that kind of thing. And um, really being really hating my body while doing things to celebrate the body that I had I, I, you know I didn't think about it in that way but that's basically what I was basically what I was doing so it's just like a, like a duality <laughs> of existence when it came to or a connection when it came to fashion because mm-hmm. um, of how I felt about myself and um, and after many many years um, and a, like a failed relationship uh which I would say failed mm, like four or five years ago um like coming out of that experience and like looking at my life and then things felt like a shambles and just kind of like all right so picking up the pieces one of the pieces that I saw in that situation and in in my life at the time when I was in that relationship was that I was very much actively hating on my body and he would basically participate (laughs) in that and yeah and so you know, not to say that I blame him. I wouldn't do that. But what I would say is that it just kind of made sense to me that I felt the way I felt about my body and I was actively hating on my body and wanting it to be different and, you know, pressuring myself to be different. And then I attracted a partner who who was doing the same thing, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. realizing that, like, that's what I say. I don't really I say I blame him because it's like, it's all everywhere. Society, it was me. And it was just, I had a, like a moment of clarity, like towards, I say it was like towards the end of 20. 14, 2015, going into 2015, just kind of like, like, why can't I just give this up? Right. 
you know? Right. And so I gave it up in that moment. It was just like, it, and obviously it's not the kind of thing that you shift and it's like, boom, I love my body. I'm, I'm the most fat positive person you ever met. No, it wasn't it didn't like it didn't switch overnight, but it definitely was like, okay, all right. So it has to be a way to get this done. And, um, at that time, I had been, you know, into the 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 plus size fashion blogs and bloggers, and you know, uh, this is 2014, so Instagram and it's early days, but you know, there was still people had presences, mm-hmm. on, you know, out there, and so I was following some folks on social media and, and the blogs, and just like paying attention a, a bit more attention to some of the things that they were saying about themselves um, as they mm-hmm. don clothes, you know, clothing and. Um, there's a, a, a plus size blogger slash influencer, um, Gabby Fresh, who um, was kind of like pioneering the fat kini. Uh, mm-hmm, I remember mm-hmm. they'd come out with um, with like a line. I think, and so the thing by the time I was having this moment of clarity, she might have been even like at the second version, the second iteration of her line because she's had it for a while, like her, of her um, uh, swimwear. And yeah. I, I remember I bought a, like. I bought, I bought a, a, a two-piece and I, I went on vacation and this was like this was 2015 uh where I put on the two-piece and I was like oh this wasn't that big of a deal <laughs> like I can do this and it's and I'm not gonna melt and you know the world is not gonna collapse around me like it was mm-hmm. like, oh like oh I can actually walk you know on a beach with you know my belly showing and you know like I'm the, the 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 world the earth will not open and suck me in. <laughs> um, like yeah, it's, that's it's that's that's literally the same thing that um my sister Meredith said mm-hmm. the first time I made her a two piece bathing suit. She put it on and posted a picture on Facebook and said, uh, first time wearing a two piece and the world has not stopped spinning." <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It's kind of like oh, the world keeps going and I'm alive still. Okay, okay. So it's not that it, it can't be that deep, right? Uh-huh. Um, and then, so yeah, like that, and that 2015 is when I would say the journey really picked up steam, just wanting to, cons- you know, t- consume more information, um, like more, more blogs, more social media outlets. Uh, and that was around the time I really started to follow more and more, um, like, I guess you, the word body positive or the term body positive came into my um, lexicon in a big way in that at that time. And I was like, oh, body mm-hmm. positive, whatever that, whatever that means, I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so like 20, barreling towards 20, the end of 2015, and I remember at a moment where it was like, I was like trying on something. Okay, so I maybe backtrack before I tried on the thing. So somewhere in the midst of 2015, I decided that I wanted to uh, start affirming a new story and belief about my, um, my myself and my body. And so, um, and I'm and I'd been into the idea of like words being powerful and transformative, and the story you tell telling matters and. I'm like jumping around a little bit, but somewhere in the midst, like right before this was my stint as a life, as like, as a life coach. And so, um, uh. which I don't know if I've ever mentioned that to you, Mallory, but like, yeah, I had a little, had a little, little business there for a little while. And one of the things that I, I got from that experience was like, yeah, no, the way you talk about yourself totally shapes your life. And so, yeah, no, like wanting to embrace, like being, you know, accepting of my body, um, just started to say things to myself you know along those lines and I came up with the words of what was it like 
uh, I, like I have the perfect body and I have the perfect height and shape. Like, I, like and I would say that to myself. So yes, and so months of just saying it to myself, looking at the mirror, looking at myself in the mirror and saying it, and you know, it's the kind of thing too. It's not like I said it and always believed it, but you know, and also the term perfect. It's like, what does perfect mean? You know, is it mm-hmm. it's flawless? So it just mean that you know, it's you know, nothing. There's nothing to be be corrected, and that's actually how I thought of it when I said the word perfect. And that is how I think mm. of it. It was like there's just nothing to be corrected, like perfect. And so, um. You know, but going towards the end now, the end of 2015, uh, stepped into a store, wanted to try on a coat, tried on the coat, coat was too big. And I was being helped by like a sales associate who was just like, oh, well, yeah, the, the, this coat's too big for you, but it's okay. And she said, she basically echoed my words back to me. You have the perfect body. You have the perfect height and shape. So when she said those words, I was like, wait a minute what like huh <laughs> yeah. well definitely a moment of like um the world reflecting back to me the things that I was saying to myself mm-hmm. and I was like oh my like what <laughs> and so whatever she didn't even try to push the smaller size of me she just walked away she said it she walked away and I was like okay I don't need to cope but like I needed the moment mm-hmm. uh so in this moment in this place of like all right well there's something to it like it's not too crazy for me to think that like I should could be accepted valued loved and you know cherished and all those things in this body as opposed Mm -hmm. to like want to force myself and I know the question was about fashion but this you know to bring it back like because I'd always had this love for fashion but had always felt constrained a little bit just because or quite a bit I should say because I had this self-hate you know unlocking <laughs> that you know a lot you know getting myself free of that kind of hate it like made me love fashion even more like I felt even more free and so mm-hmm. it's not really surprising that in the midst of all this I'm like one day at, at, at the end of my work day scrolling through Instagram and see and I'd already been following Mark Lammer maybe for a couple of a month or two at that point I don't know how long but I definitely I was think- ready I think so, because I think you told me that you found Smart Glamour through uh, the Curvy Fashionista posting about our summer campaign that year. So you probably started following us in the summer. Yeah, no, it had been year. a little while. It had been a little mm-hmm. while at that point, a couple months maybe. Mm-hmm. But I had never bought anything. Yeah, I know. I remember looking at the In Your Size campaign and, thought, and I thought that, well, no, not the In Your Size campaign. I'm mixing up campaigns. I was in that campaign. Uh, right? Yeah, same no. size, different eyes. No, it was no. Oh, I'm flattered. Oh, okay, yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, that was the beginning of 2016. Yeah, was it 2016? Because I remember that. Yeah, I'm flattered was January 2016. Was it? So that yes. was that was before <laughs> I started. Yeah, because in 20 the summer of 2015 was same size, different eyes. Then. January 2016 was I'm flattered, and then in your size was summer of 2016. Right, because that was after because I was in the yes. in your size campaign. I'm like, correct. Okay. So I'm like, no. So it was. Um, I remember looking at I'm flattered and thinking, oh, that's really really dope. And then and and everyone had on like like um items that were like sh- like a kind of a shimmery material. I remember thinking it was really beautiful. Um, mm. and you know, and the message, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of coming back to me. So like, it's just like. Oh, that's so like I thought it was dope. And so um I thought from what I saw Smart Glamour, I was like, oh, this company seems 
amazing. <laughs> like, I remember even looking at the, at the website and it was just like, wow, there's all kinds of people <laughs> on this website. That's like, <laughs> like, wow. And so, um, and then, and so in the midst of all this like awakening and, you know, uh, coming across um, the post about modeling for smart glamour. And I was like, I guess I could do that. Why not? Like, mm. you know, you know. So that was like so a very, uh, that's the story. It's been time for you to, to find that. Yes, it was definitely like perfect timing, perfect timing. Um, and I'm grateful. Um, but you know, also know that like, you know, the journey I just, you know, kind of went over with you. Like it, like, I don't know if I could have un- like accessed that opportunity, just at least as far as even feeling like it was something for me, un- unless I'd went through the, the part where I was like, not actually, I deserve to be loved and cherished and cherished and respected by me, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, clearly as you've just out, uh, laid out you're already you know on this journey um but then how has it changed or um evolved over time since you started modeling then it definitely has um and and i would say too that whether i was modeling or not it's the kind of thing that i think just would have evolved Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. all relationships evolve right so relationship to myself and relationship to my body had, had been evolving in the moment that the modeling opportunity um came into my um into my view and so modeling is modeling generally and modeling for smart glamour which <laughs> i i could talk about separately but maybe together so modeling <laughs> because being a you know having to be a model and meaning using my body to communicate something like that's a kind of activity that is unlike any other activity that I ever did before or have done since in the sense Mm. that like to get in touch with my body in a particular kind of way you know they talk you know they talk about knowing your angles and all that and you know finding your light and that all is super important of, of course um but also being comfortable in the light and and not shying away from it and understanding yeah you have many angles and i have to say um that all my angles are blessed angles like there is no <laughs> there's no angle i don't have a bad one like all my angles are right. good all my angles are blessed so right right just pick the angle like it's fine but like right um but the, you know having to un- get in touch with my body and understand you know understand how my body even moves and like you know how expressive i am with my face or not how not expressive i am with my face um those are things that before modeling i didn't have a real reason to get in touch with and now i'm like no i get it like and, and it's so it's a kind of knowledge of, of myself that um i don't know how i would have um, received it other otherwise mm. um so you know talking about loving coming to love and appreciate your body while uncutting to understand my body in a, in a very um particular way I mean, for me, it's been powerful, like in, in terms of just like confirming what I was already telling myself that, you know, I am worthy of love and respect for myself. And, and, I, and I can demonstrate that in the way that I hold myself in front of a, a camera. Um, and, you know, as I say it out loud, too. So I'm talking about like modeling in general, you know, like for my experience so far, there's definitely a lot of messages in the industry, even, you know, and it may surprise listeners to know, even in the plus size, 
um, fashion mm-hmm. industry that there is a a lot of of you know messages that are hateful towards bodies, and mm-hmm. you know that the idea that there's still only certain kinds of bodies that are acceptable to be put in front of a camera and to represent a brand. Um, yeah. And, you know, so, you know, just to say, just because you're looking at a plus size model, doesn't mean that you're looking at a model who loves themselves or loves or loves and appreciates or loves and appreciates their own body or loves and appreciates other kinds of um, fat bodies or, mm-hmm. you know, just because the company, even if they only sell plus size clothes, maybe, maybe they're the most expensive, exclusive, you know, um, expensive. They could be selling up to size 60. It doesn't, well, not maybe not size 60. Let's say like most plus size brands are from what I've seen go up to like 22, 24, 26, something like that. And, you know, even, but even those people behind those brands doesn't mean that they are fat positive or body positive even, right. um, you know, just so to understand that that still exists in the plus size fashion industry um and that you if you're looking to be a model that, that is plus size you're still going to have to contend with that and for me it's just like okay so understanding well if I'm have to contend with that well maybe I don't want to work with those people or maybe I want to be a model in a particular way as a matter of fact mm. I kind of I call myself a plus size because um, I am plus size but um I like to call myself an alternative model just mm. because it's like I, it's not just that I'm plus size, but like, I am not the norm, you know, I'm, I mean, I say I'm not the norm. I'm not the norm as is currently used in any, any kind of version of, of the fashion industry, whether straight size, regular, whether regular or whatever, how you want to put it, or plus size. I'm not like, right. cause I'm, cause I'm short. Um, I'm not the traditional hourglass shape. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like I, and so because of those things, I'm going to even be the standard in um, traditional plus size. Uh, now there is a mm-hmm. part of a traditional representation of that. Like, I'm not that either. So mm-hmm. I'm an alternate. <laughs> so, I'm alter- so, so it's like, you know, if you're looking for someone who knows how to work a camera at this point, I'm pretty good at it. Like, you know, I got you. And if you, particularly if a, a brand is, you know, cares to show their clothing or their items on uh, all kinds of bodies like you know thinking about smart glamour and how you know expansively inclusive like to you know all kinds of bodies that you could think of that yeah like then I'm probably more inclined to want to work with a brand like that um and so and because that you know to remember like getting back to your question like you know how my um connection to my body and, my, and that and that journey has how modeling has shaped that because I've had to, I've run into folks who are in plus size fashion in the industry, including people you might consider industry leaders and faces that are very prominent. But knowing that they are not ex- what you would call body positive or fat positive, you know, just I have to remind myself that this, you know this journey. Even if those people have helped me along the way, the journey isn't for them. You know, mm. it's not. Oh, and, and they're on their own journey too. So there's that. So it's like is it that you're know, talking about my relationship to my body. That is still me and me. Um, and I can make choices about how I want to navigate, you know, deal with those people, just like I would even outside of the um, plus size fashion industry. It was, and it's so funny. And you know, I knew I was going to have this chat with you today. And so I was thinking about an instance uh, of, of like 
awkwardness and maybe you know maybe we call it even conflict with uh, a former coworker. And so this coworker was always a little um, antagonistic towards mm. me, and I never really quite understood it. And I can't say I, I fully understand it even now and today, but. Um, because there could be many reasons that she seemed to always antagonize me. But one thing that I learned about through another colleague was that she had some feelings about the way I dressed. And mm. so to, <laughs> and so the way I dressed um, in terms of my work attire is colorful um, mm-hmm. and it tends to be fitted. Although I like a flowy outfit too, but you know, like, you know, clothing that is not masking my body for sure. Like I'm wearing things that are completely office appropriate um, and, th- and things that I would, I am often told look really good, but it's, you know, it's vibrant for sure. Vibrant. And they and- do. And they do look really good. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> um, and so she apparently said to a fellow colleague that like, oh, you know, can you ask Patricia where she buys her clothing but don't tell Patricia that I asked you to ask her that um (laughs) and 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 so the the so that fellow colleague who you know she came to me and she was like oh and in conversation about a bunch of things she's like oh by the way so and so said to ask you this although I'm not supposed to tell you she asked but she said that to ask you that and I was like what (laughs) that that plan worked real well (laughs) I was like okay (laughs) okay and if and if colleague is listening to this somehow just know I know you asked her to ask (laughs) (laughs) it's fine she told me she told me and I was like and so I was like hi and so the, the the fellow colleague I hope who also might hear this and I'm not saying names but I yeah yes I know that you told me and so she she just said like you know I think it is that she looks at you and she's just like I don't understand how she can dress the way she dresses she how is it that she dresses that way when like you know the colleague who was inquiring um is plus size as well and she had her own style and it's not something I've really thought anything about like she had her own style that wasn't my style but I mean just to say I, I don't think I would call it vibrant um but you know uh nothing was wrong with it i didn't think you know it's just fine and people you know show up how they want to show up and right um and so you know she's like so the the the, our fellow colleagues insight was just like she looks at you and she just doesn't understand how you could carry yourself in that way or dress in the way that you dress and i realized Mm -hmm. like you know and then so to say like you know my, my, my relationship with my body and modeling like yeah like so i've put my body out there in a way that most people you know probably wouldn't um whether they're plus size or not um and but like I I I have and so it does affect the way I I I walk in the world and because I know that I can walk in the world wear whatever I want at least that's my belief I can wear whatever I want to wear and I'm fine and so Mm -hmm. realizing that just because I'm in the same space as someone whether it's fashion or otherwise and they are not going to feel that way and that receiving the message from me that I'm obviously, you know, not concerned or, you know, what, you know, and I can wear what I want. I think I can wear what I want. It's going to have an effect on them. Whether it feels good to them or not is another story, but like, it's going to have an effect on, on them. Um, And it's just me taking that as part of the journey, you know? Yeah. I think that um, 
It's interesting because when we are being self-conscious and maybe, you know, like we were talking earlier about bathing suits and and you kind of like tell yourself like, oh, I can't wear this because of what these other people would think. And we're so concerned with what people will think of us if we um, do something we think we're not quote unquote allowed to do. Mm-hmm. And most of the time in that case, it, I mean, it, it whether somebody thinks that about you or not, it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Like, you know, what somebody else's thoughts in their head about what you have on your body, unless they vocalize them to you, it really doesn't matter. No. But then at the same time, I think we we spend so much time focusing on that, worrying about negative reactions, that sometimes we forget that we can also um, inspire positive reactions. And not just by what we're wearing, but also just simply about how we carry ourselves, you know? Um, one of the things I've done in my like teaching um, segment of my life is I was a mentor at FIT for fashion design students. And the student that I chose as my like critics choice award winner of the of the class wrote me a very lovely note. And the thing that sticks out to me from that note was that she was thanking me for being an example of a woman in a profession that she would like to be in who comes into rooms confidently and holds herself um, in a confident, unashamed manner and just speaks her mind and is, you know, loud and and seemingly just being who she wants to be. And I feel like we, um, sometimes it's, it's a lot harder to think about that side of it, that like, well, maybe if I'm being myself, that that would leave a positive impact on other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know, I think the way I think about it is like, yes, I and this, I and I would I love it if you know when if and actually I think about when I'm gotten that kind of feedback, but you know, at the same time, is to understand too that I'm not doing it necessarily for that feedback, but like, right? But yes, but but to be an example, and that's a, a way of being a model, a role model, you know, like you know to say like. Yeah, no, I can actually, you know, walk into a room with my head, my head held up high and not be, you know, too pressed about what other people are thinking or saying that I can, then I, that I'm whole and complete. And so because I'm whole and complete, I don't need this person or that person to, you know, to, to give me something to, you know, to, to keep me standing, like, and keep me going. I have everything that I need, like, you know, that kind of thing. And to, mm-hmm. even if I'm not using those words out loud, that, like, I am embodying that and that people receive that message. And whoever needs to receive the message that they, too, can do that is going to receive it when they encounter me, you know? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, to, to close it out with our, our last question here, how else would you like to see the fashion industry change going forth from here so whether that's modeling or clothes or both or or what so well I'll say one thing about smart glamour that I really appreciate that wasn't expected at all but I just you know thank you thank you Mallory for this example and this education on the ethics of fashion Mm -hmm. and sustainability in fashion um it's, it's definitely caused me to take a really hard look at the way in which I consume. And mm. um, so what I would love is that the fashion industry 
changes the way it views its, you know, its effect on the on the planet, mm-hmm. um, and also the its effect on effects on the humans that make the clothing that we wear. Um, yeah. I, I, that's that's the very first thing that comes to mind. To, you know, the the idea that you know we are consuming, we're producing. We meaning the you know humans on the planet produce and consume, and you know matter is neither created nor destroyed. It just converts. So it's kind of like you're not gonna get rid. Of, you know, you you took one thing, you converted it into something else. But how you know what happens after we're done with it? Are we dumping it? Like what are we doing with it? Like you know like who's making it and what is the effect of making it, the conditions in which you're making it, what effect is it having on their lives and the lives of their communities? And thinking about, you know, you know, now we're in the midst of a, pand- a, a pandemic, it's a, world, it's a worldwide phenomenon um, that is cons- has us concerned with spacing and, you know, crowding and, and just con- the conditions in which we exist in general, you know, generally. And so, you know, taking that um, mindfulness and, you know, the, that the, humanity taking that consideration into you know the creation of the clothing that we wear like i it it just it's it's needed it's absolutely needed um so you know then also just for fashion for mainstream fashion to be genuinely inclusive Mm. and you know (laughs) we're genuinely Genuinely, like because you know what's happening now, I bet in a mainstream way, is this talk of inclusivity, and you know, and there's representation um, Mm. to be sure that you would not have seen in the in the even in the last like maybe five years, like you in the last five years, you've seen more of a diversity of body type, and not just in terms of size. I think about like you know even just in terms of representation of of folks um who have disabilities and you know and understanding that they too wear clothing and oh know, what a and, shock and consume, <laughs> and consume right and so you know just you see we've seen more of that but there's still it's all like some of that for some companies is, is tokenism and then some mm-hmm. some of it, it you know and, and some of it is just like you know the check the diversity box that kind of thing mm-hmm. and so that genuinely inclusive um in fashion and and not just size inclusive although that's also super important but just not just size inclusive fashion but inclusive in all kinds of representation um Mm -hmm. you know there's an account that i started following recently and i think they're i think it's at she does him it's a, oh yeah, you know, you know yep. what I'm talking about. And so, I, you know, as that, like, as I was talking, I'm like thinking of that, that account and that in the the clothing line, um, because at least from what I recall, like, like, like kind of spacing, but I believe that the the message there is that, like, just because you you don't have to be a particular gender to be have a masculine representation or quote unquote masculine fashion, you can be whatever gender right. you want. And right. you know, and thinking so, and 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 that's, and but and that's true. Obviously, at least I, I agree with that. And but and that representation shouldn't be on the fringe. There right. Should be that should be I should be able to flip, um, through Vogue or turn on t- the TV and watch, watch an ad and see, uh, 
a person who identifies as a woman dressed in, you know, in a three-piece suit or something, you know, something like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. to say like, and that be the norm because it is the norm for so many people. But, right. you know, but you wouldn't necessarily know that if you were to pay attention to what's out there in terms of the mainstream. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that just the, that's a whole separate yeah. topic of how how unnecessarily gendered we've made everything. But that also includes clothing. Um, and actually, upcoming, I'll be recording an episode with fellow model Bear. Oh. And um, one of my favorite things that Bear says often or references often is that they will wear whatever clothes they want to right. because clothes is just fabric with holes. And if it's cute, they'll wear it because they're cute and they like it. And that's the end of that. <laughs> right. And I'm sure they'll talk about that when, when I have them on as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. They're a really good example, a great example of, of what I mean by that. It's just kind of like, yeah, like, and what they represent is the norm for so many people, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's just kind of like, why not um, major clothing corporation um, who is borrowing from the runway anyway, you know, you know, rep- <laughs> you know represent for that, <laughs> you know, like, why not? Like, is, is it really cutting your bottom line to do that? Does it really? No. Like, I imagine not, although I'm not in their, you know, in their place, but, you know, there was a time where they felt that way about plus size fashion. Right. And, you know, so. And most still do. Yeah, I mean, most still <laughs> do. Yeah. I mean, you know, I uh, the, I recently put together that little uh, two-post slideshow about here are my tips for people who are going to attempt to be inclusive. Ah, yeah. um, and there's a reason why the first one was you have to actually care. Right. Because if you're just going to dip your toe into this stuff because it's of topic you know, of conversation right now, you are going to get it wrong. You can't do it just because it's a cool thing to talk about, or you want to cash in on the fact that people are talking about it, or you want to not be a brand that gets quote unquote canceled. Um, That can't be the reason you do it because then you will do it wrong. You will end up tokenizing people. You will end up harming people and hurting people. Right. Um, Right. So I think that's a, a great, point to bring up and a great little button for this episode so in closing could you let everybody know where you prefer they find you on the interweb and follow you um i would prefer they find me on the interwebs at patricia glows that is my first name patricia um spelled traditional way and then g-l-o-w-s like sam all one word <laughs> great and i'll also um you know link that in all in all the places where things can be linked <laughs> great and thank you so much for joining me patricia on the fashion for all podcast yes. thanks for having me